You're listening to the Oliver Wyman Health Podcast, featuring conversations on the business of transforming healthcare. Welcome to the Oliver Wyman Health Podcast. I'm Sam Glick, partner in the Health and Life Sciences practice at Oliver Wyman. I'm delighted to be speaking today with Dr. Farzad Mostashari, CEO of Alidate, a startup he co-founded to help primary care doctors participate in value-based initiatives and form accountable care organizations, better known as ACOs. Prior to Alidate, he was a visiting fellow at the Brookings Institute, where he focused on payment reform and delivery system transformation. From 2011 to 2013, he served as the National Coordinator for Health IT, where he coordinated U.S. efforts to build a health information infrastructure for healthcare reform and consumer empowerment. During his tenure, he also collaborated with CMS on the design and implementation of the now well-known Meaningful Use Incentive Program. Welcome to the podcast, Farzad. Hello. Nice to join you, Sam. Delighted to have you here. So um, let's dive right in. I'd love to hear about uh, Alidate and what you're doing. Uh, Specifically, what are you you up to at Alidate and, and why independent doctors in particular? Yeah, as you said, our goal is to help extend this new model of healthcare to independent, particularly primary care practices. And if you think about it, this runs in some ways counter to some assumptions. People, in fact, often think like, oh, ACO, isn't that like a hospital or health system, you know, led thing? And and to me, it's actually the exact opposite. And the counterintuitive kind of insight here for me and the reason I joined Brookings uh, to, to work on, on creating a physician-led ACO learning network is, listen, if you want to move the system from volume to value, who in the system today cannot lose money on the way from volume to value? Because so many of the other players here who are profiting mightily from volume, to ask them to you know, save money is, is cutting their own revenue. So the one group in the system today that can, you know, do good on the way from volume to value, who doesn't face demand destruction, who doesn't have to worry about fewer admissions, are the independent, in particular, the primary care practices. So the only problem is, of course, the independent primary care practices have the least in the way of sophistication around the technology, population health. They don't have a chief nursing informatics officer. They don't have you know, people practice coaches, they don't have oftentimes care managers. So what you have to do is you have to make it easy for them to come together, establish governance, establish the um, both the technology infrastructure and the practice redesign, practice transformation. Uh, but together, when when you have kind of the Allidaid uh, set of, of tools and infrastructure, plus these independent primary care practices, uh, we think that combination is dynamite. Got it, got it. And, um, you know, in some ways, I think uh, what you're describing it uh, about where Allidate is focused um, is consistent with what people have, have assumed for years about uh, value-based care and about ACOs, which is that uh, the physician is ultimately uh, the one who has the most control over health outcomes. And, and as they say, you know, the most expensive piece of equipment in a health system is yeah. the ballpoint pen uh, with the orders that the physician writes. Um, why, why specifically independent physicians? Yeah. You know, there's, the, the demise of them just quickly has been um, forecasted for some time. And I think there are some people who would say 50 years from now they won't exist so so why place that bet um two two reasons one is 
that when you're talking about ACOs, and everyone, as you said, talks about physician engagement, um, the, 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 if, if you're in a bigger organization, the incentives to the physician level have nothing to do with the ACO goals usually. So those incentives, you, you can same thing with Medicare Advantage even, right? It can be capitated to the plan level, but the plan then pays the doc fee for service. Or you're, you have an ACO contract with a big health system, but the doc is still paid based on RVR use. So one major kind of intellectual challenge with this is how are the incentives being transmitted and the signal being transmitted down to the person who's holding that pen, right? And in our model with the independent practices, it is 100% transmitted. They feel the full benefit of the, generating those savings. The second reason is a lot of times the ACOs where the physicians are kind of beholden to a particular health system, where are they supposed to make the referrals? To the highest value specialist or in-service utilization to the, you know, institution A? Uh, well, it's the latter because that's in essence why the, why the ACO in some cases even exists is to steer patients into their own, uh, you know, surgery center and their own uh, orthopedist and their own, you know, cardiac surgeon uh, as a revenue source, not truly to find the most uh, effective, most efficient uh, provider. So independence means that you can act in the interest of the patient and in the interest of getting savings uh, for the taxpayer without having to consider kind of these kind of corporate loyalty <laughs> as, as an issue. In terms of, you know, are, are we crazy to be building a, a, a model around a group that, whose demise has been forecast? I, I don't think so. I, I, and, and what we're seeing is there's plenty of market of still independent uh, practices out there. Uh, some, some 40 to 50% of primary care is still delivered in practices with fewer than 10. It's really bimodal. And yes, that's going down somewhat, but I could see that reversing. It's reversed before, right? We've seen this movie before particularly as policymakers become more attuned to the downsides of consolidation from a policy point of view. And the, I think there's growing concern around rising healthcare costs and rising profits or non-profits, as it may be, in large health systems when they become so dominant in a local market that they can basically you know, charge rent in the economic term. Um, exercise monopoly power on pricing. So I think there are going to be serious kind of consideration given to changing some of the rules of the road now that are favoring consolidation over, uh, over autonomy, things like site-neutral payments, virtual groups, uh, and, and so forth. Got it. Got it. So, you know, there are a lot of things that make it hard to be an independent physician moving to value. You have to learn new ways of practicing, new care models. You may, to make, may need to make investments in uh, the kind of resources you're able to provide patients. Um, why technology? Obviously, that's your background. Uh, but from what I understand about Allidade, um, it's, it's doing a lot to address many of those dimensions, not just the tech dimension. Yeah, exactly. And, and I, I think we, you need both, right? So my co-founders, one of them is Edwin Miller, who built Athena Clinicals. Uh, he built that product from, from nothing uh, and then, you know, built, uh, helped get practice fusion and care cloud through the next level of their evolution. So he's the, the cloud-based tool guy. And then my other co-founder is Matt Kendall, 
who started and launched and managed the regional extension center program, which was, you know, boots on the ground, you know, standing by your shoulder, shoulder, shoulder with small practices, helping them project manage and implement technology. And you need both of those things to succeed. What the technology does for you, though, is it makes the change stick. It makes that change sustainable as opposed to a lot of kind of elbow grease. You, you need both, right, obviously, but, but what makes this thing scale and, scale and sustain is the use of, of the tools. We, we firmly believe that. And look, the, we, we, we spent $30 billion digitizing healthcare. That is absolutely essential. It was a great investment of, of the Recovery Act. Uh, and on the part of America to build an infrastructure, but now it's time to to put that infrastructure to purpose, the purpose that it was, frankly, originally intended for, which was help get better care at lower cost. So, so to that point, you know, nobody has probably spent more time thinking about uh, how you get physicians to use new technology than you have, um, and you certainly played that role um, in helping to design the Meaningful Use Program. Um, what's the key to getting physicians to change uh, their behaviors and habits with a tool like Allidade? Well, the first thing is you 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 got to have this mnemonic. It's I decided to cha cha, <laughs> and it's a it's a mnemonic. You know, as a from medical school, you learn to build stupid mnemonics to help you frame what you're doing. So the 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 I stands for incentives, and and this is after 20 years as a public health guy, uh, trying to avoid talking about money. I realized finally, like stop you know beating your head against the wall. You know, jujitsu that thing and use it to your advantage. We gotta have the right incentives in place. For people, and it's not just financial incentives. It's also the intrinsic motivation of docs to do the right thing for their patients. But you can't expect people to go broke doing the right thing. So let's make sure that the change we're making, that change that we're asking from practices, isn't making them broke. It's actually aligned with their interests financially and otherwise. So that's the first piece of this. You don't make change if it's not aligned with the incentives of the people you want to change. Uh, the second is there's got to be a decision point, right? There's, the docs have got to decide to do this. It can't be imposed on them. People don't like to be changed. They like to push change themselves. So let's get people who are willing, who want to lead, who want to do this, uh, and give them, give them the tools and support so that they don't feel overwhelmed by the change. Uh, the T, I decided, too. The T stands for teams, and you need, it's not just a physician. It's the whole practice team. You've got to get everybody together to help make this change happen and to stick. You've got to work with the front desk person, the mid-levels. Uh, mid You've got to work with the back office and the clinician to work together as teams and bring in folks from the ecosystem, right? When we, when we get 20% of the market share for primary care in a market, and then we go to the urgent care centers and say, hey, we'd like you to do something different than what you've been doing. They listen in a way that they don't if it's just an independent practice. And then it's the cha-cha. And the cha-cha is change and assess, change and assess. You talk to a lot of ACOs who did or didn't get savings, and you say, well, what have you been doing? And they say, well, we have monthly meetings. I'm like, no, what did you change? What actually changed in the experience of a patient? What happened before? What happens now? Right? And that is, you know, like you, if you want to get changed, you actually have to change something in that patient experience. And then you got to assess whether what you thought was going to happen actually happens because the stuff is complicated. I now have this mental image of doctors in white coats cha-chaing during meetings. It's, I love uh, it. I'm not sure and I'm going to be able to shake like, that. 
<laughs> it's it's like you know what I love about it also is you know you've been dancing and you sit down you know at like a wedding or something and you're exhausted right you're sweating and exhausted mm-hmm. but it didn't feel like work it was fun right uh, so to me that's that's what I'm striving for in this change is for it to feel like hard work your muscles are sore there's sweat on your brow but you're having fun that's that's a fabulous image. Um, so you're you're a physician, obviously, uh, by training, and you get you know if you get ten physicians in the room, you tend to have at least eleven or twelve opinions. Um, who are who are the physicians beyond just the independents who have um, financial and probably the most financial incentive to change? But within that, who are the kinds of physicians uh, that that tend to be the best dancers? Who are the ones that you want to pull into this first? They're they're actually two different um, phenotypes of the ideal uh, physician to, to do this. One is the, um, the physician leader who has been doing quality work, who was the earliest adopter of patient-centered medical homes, who was the earliest adopter of electronic health records, who've always been pushing the edge uh, and uh, you know, really, really believe, and it's part of their identity uh, to be the leaders of, of this change, and they're bought in. Um, oftentimes, they have the most efficient practices already. They have the lowest uh, ER rates and so forth. So in the context of a program like ACOs, where you have to improve over yourself, you might say, yeah, that's not a great, you know, that's not a great person to have in the ACO. But they lead by example. They lead, they model how it can be. And, and they're terrific um, uh, to have in, in an ACO, even though their benchmark may be low. The second group are docs who are living in, in kind of fee-for-service world. They, uh, they have a lot of opportunity to improve, um, but they're willing to change. And they see the economic uh, incentives. They, they're good business people. They oftentimes have other business lines as well. They're, they're running, they've invested in restaurants, and they've, uh, you know, they, they're in their local community. Uh, they are leaders on the business community as well as in the medical uh, community. And those docs get it, and they understand this new business model uh, from, a, from a different perspective. So I think when you get the combination of those two types of phenotypes of, of docs together, uh, it, it, is, it is the exact right combustible mix. That's great. That's great. So uh, Farzad, you're clearly a man on a mission with a tremendous amount of uh, energy and uh, insight about this topic. Um, obviously, Allidate is, is trying to make a real difference uh, with many of the doctors and patients who are on the front lines of healthcare. What's next for you or for Allidate? Uh, what, what comes after this? Well, I, I think we've got to keep, uh, keep growing and, 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 you know, they say, like, be the change you want to be, right? Uh, the name of this game is to be better, and we have to continually be better. This month, better than last month. Better in our tools, better in our service, better in the value that we deliver, uh, and it's never going to end. So, you know, we have decided to cha-cha. <laughs> we've aligned our incentives. We have decided this is what we're going to do. We have teamed up with the right people, and we are changing and assessing and learning. And to me... That's 
the, the most fun part, is the learning every month how we can be better. So last question, question I ask uh, everybody. Uh, if you didn't have to worry about making money, you didn't have limitations on resources I or talent. Exactly what I, I do exactly. What I was going to say, would you, would, you do, would, you, would you do anything different, or is this the best way to fix healthcare? This is exactly. This is if, if if there were a better way, I'd be doing that. That's great. Anything else you want our our listeners to know? No, this is this it's 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 great. Come on in. The water's fine. Terrific. Well, thank you very much. It has been a real pleasure. Uh, Godspeed to you, and I hope to be able to see a, an Alladay doctor here in my neighborhood soon. All righty. Come into your neighborhood. Take care. You've been listening to the Oliver Wyman Health Podcast. Oliver Wyman Health is a virtual community of innovators convened by the health and life sciences practice of global management consulting firm Oliver Wyman. Find us online at health.oliverwyman.com. And follow us on Twitter at OW Health Editor.